welcome to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Each week we sit around and discuss the music from our past. Sometimes we agree. I call it iconic. It's a 10. That riff is un- it's incredible. Clearly a 10. This is one of the most iconic songs of the 80s. Um, iconic from start to finish. And sometimes we disagree. The song sounds like something you might hear at your aunt's funeral. The absolute worst lyric ever. It's like stuffing the sock in your pants and you got nothing else to tell me. Thank you for listening and enjoy the show. All right, we are back with another episode of the Audible Ecstasy podcast. And this week, we've gone country. The month of November, we're celebrating some classic country albums. This week, we're doing Clint Black and Killing Time. You boys ready to do this? I'm ready. How about you, Anthony? I know you've got some words for this one. Uh, How about this one? The Audible Ecstasy podcast ain't just killing time. Eh. It's about the best I got. You know, I got no time maybe to kill if I walk off this, if I walk off this podcast today, I'll be leaving here a better man. Ah, yeah. better. Uh, that's probably a true statement. Yes. <laughs> you may walk off. Some of these albums, after man, some they, of these reviews, I will see. I don't some of these albums don't present themselves with great taglines, man. So that's a good point. Oh my god, I love it. I love it. All right, guys. Well, I think we uh, this beautiful, beautiful Sunday morning. I think we get this thing started. Chris, you want to crank up the first track? It's called Straight from the Factory. Straight from the factory, we were made for each other. One of those things it's meant to be. Straight from the factory, nothing less than exactly yours. The only lock just made to fit my key. Many parts and many hearts been mismatched before Still they make delivery Some folks will send them back and never find what they need But babe, my satisfaction's guaranteed Straight from the factory we were made for each other One of those things it's meant to be Straight from the factory nothing less than exactly you're the only lock just made to fit my key all right what can be said about this first song by clint black as soon as the song starts to play you immediately get a sense of some historical country going on it absolutely takes me back to, I mean, without joking, to the hee-haw days. You had some steel guitar going. Uh, not being funny, but being no, classically you know, sounding in country music. Um, honestly, I think it's a very strong start. It'll never top the next track that's coming up. But I will tell you this, that guitar solo was one of the better ones on this album. And that's why it's as high as it is for me. I think this song is somewhere between very good and great. I'm with the seven and a half. I think it's a pretty solid way to start this album. Chris, where are you at with Straight from the Factory? Yeah, it's a good opener. It does kind of have like the square dance on a <laughs> county does. seat, uh, capital night. Uh, everybody showing up at a square dance kind of vibe to it. I don't know. Right. Uh, it's funny. I, I, was, I was telling Anthony earlier in the week, uh, when I listened to this album, primarily it was when I was going to work in the mornings and you know, it's dark when it, when you leave and I get my pickup truck and throw this on. I felt like a real working man, you know. It's it like, oh my God. I don't know what it was, man. It just kind of gave me that, yeah, get my lunch pail and I don't have a lunch pail, but but, it, but anyway, that, that's the vibe. I, I don't know, just something about it. It just kind of was like a throwback. Just kind of made me feel like, I don't know, like I've never really been a true working man probably, but as far as that goes. It's, <laughs> but, uh, uh, it's a tough way to go, man. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I've I can like little, put, put myself in that mindset anyway. Done, done more than my share in my lifetime. <laughs> uh, you know, instrumentally, it's a solid tune. Uh, enjoy the fiddle parts on it. Clint's vocals just fit fit it perfectly. I give it an eight. I think it's a great way to cool. open the album. Cool. Anthony, how did you uh, think about the straight from the factory? Yeah, I, I gave it an eight too. I think it's a great, uh, it's great myself. It's a nice little honky tonk lead in. Uh, I think it's a great way to start an album. 
puts you right into a country state of mind. It works. Clint and the band sound fantastic. Uh, the guitar and fiddle solo are also really nice in this one, too. Like Jimmy said, a guitar, but I like the fiddle, too. That's in Oh, yeah, well, absolutely. So. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty solid stuff. But Clint Black, man, he's a, he was a stand-in for a coral reefer, in case anybody didn't know years ago. He stood in for Fingers Taylor on tour. So the, the dude can play some harmonica, and he can play some guitar, I'm sure, and probably a little bit of everything else. So uh, pretty talented individual. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. You know it's what? an eight, man. It's a great lead-in. Dude, that's a great line. It, th- this album really does. It kicks you into that country state of mind. Absolutely it great point, man. Because it, it starts off, like I said, very classic sounding, or, or I should say 70s sounding, if you will. And absolutely, it, it kind of grabs you in at that point. And we're going to go to track number two. It's called A Better Man. Chris. <laughs> I first met you And the way it might have been Without you here I don't know if words for me Can still upset you But I've just got to make This memory stand clear I know I'm leaving here A better man Better Man is a theme of about what's to come through the rest of this album. <laughs> you want to talk about uh, going through probably a breakup or something of that nature, and at least in your mind, you know that you are walking away right. That's what this song's all about. <laughs> I don't know, guys. It, it's got this subtle, you know what, middle finger to the to the ex, if you will, and um, but it's still got that Clint black swagger if you will i i dig it man i love this song i always have liked this song it's stuck with me since when did this come out 89 or something Anthony? i can't remember 89 that's when yeah, the album I mean, came out we were still in high school when this thing came out came guys out. so there is no if this is not one of his most played songs i'm gonna stand corrected but this is a 10 this is absolutely iconic in every sense of the word i love this song i love everything about the song and um i think i'm gonna go drink all right chris <laughs> what do you think about day drink, morning drinking even not even day drink. uh, yeah man, we all know this song uh, it's this is easily iconic uh i'll tell you he's at his core clint's a really good songwriter and and it comes through in this song lyrically uh you're right man this is the middle finger to the x i mean that's <laughs> yeah i'm better off for not having you in my life i mean that's basically what this song is about easy iconic and not much more to say it's, it's an easy too all right Anthony, what do you think about Better Man? You know, I didn't pull a lot of set list FM on this one because I think the numbers are all wrong. But the number one and number two songs I do agree with in concert. But there's no way this song has been played 61 times in concert. Yeah, I noticed that too. The, the, what? The, so, yeah. what? Somebody hasn't been keeping track of his concert. Right, but oh this, was, forever, so. this was number two all time in concert. And I do agree with that because I'm pretty sure it is number two all time. Okay. This is yeah, a huge okay. song for him, so. Anyways, that's why I didn't maybe not do some set list stuff tonight, but that's fine. Or this morning, um, but yeah, I wrote that. Uh, it's solid from start to finish. Easily iconic in my mind. It's a ten. Uh, this was a big hit for him back in the day. It was probably the song that got me into him, if memory serves. Um, excellent song. It works. Always loved it. Wikipedia had some interesting information on it. Uh, it was released in February of 1989. I think people sometimes forget Garth Brooks and Clint Black, the, the big cornerstones that kind of started some of this revolution. It was like early 80s. Absolutely. Actually, well, Randy Travis was technically the first yeah. guy to really <clears throat> launch the ball of this new wave of country music in the mid-80s, I guess. But anyways, yeah, it started back in the 80s and ran probably to the early 2000s or so. Um, but anyways, 
It was written by Black and Hayden Nicholas when A Better Man went to number one on the Hot Country Singles Chart on June 10th. Black was the first artist since Freddie Fender to ascend to the top of the country chart with his first charted single. In addition, A Better Man was the number one song of 1989 on the Hot Country Singles Chart. The success of A Better Man, along with the follow-up Killing Time, were instrumental in Black winning the Country Music Association's Horizon Award in 1989. So, um, yeah, so not number one song for them. There are four number one songs on this album. So that's crazy to think. All about. right, so you're. That's interesting. I'm gonna tell you right I now. There so, were three. I didn't know there were four. I, yeah. All right, I was gonna ask you about this because my next song is gonna be a, a different rating. I have a feeling. All right, mine is two on the next one. I don't think it's iconic, but it was another I think big hit for him. So, dude, yeah. All right, let's Agreed. roll into that right now. It's track number three. It's called Nobody's Home. Chris, go ahead and crank that, please. Slowly to my dresser drawers Put my blue jeans on Find my cowboy boots My button down, strap my timepiece on my arm Grab my billfold, my pocket change Just find the soul routine Then it's out the door and down it's not really me I still comb my hair the same Still like the same cologne And I still drive that pickup truck That same old bank still on Since you left everybody says I'm not the guy they've known Wow. And I will say this, that had to go a little longer than what we normally do because to get to the course, it's deep into the song, right? Um, yeah, and this is much longer. It's about, it about normal. Well, to me, this song is probably, and, and I didn't even realize this was a single back in the day, guys. This was a third single, and I didn't even know yeah. it. This is, I felt like this is one of those ones that may have been missed. To me, this is a hidden treasure on this record, if you will. I mean, this is definitely my favorite song on the entire album, and I'm not even a fan wow. of the slower stuff. Wow. But I love this song. I don't know what it is about it. I, I just have always kind of dug it, but, and then when I look into the history of this album, I was like, it's the third single? I don't even remember that. I just, honestly, I only remember Better Man and Killing Time being released, and that's it. And I remember this album being pretty solid back in the day, and I had it on cassette. I didn't even have it on CD back, you know, we were young. But, uh, yeah, man. Holy crap, I love this song. I, I was borderline. I didn't know how to go with this. I gave this one a nine and a half because I love it. I think it's a great, great song, great writing, and oh my god, uh, it's just one of those it getting ready to drive you to tears here in a few minutes. I'm sure, but <laughs> nonetheless, I think it's solid. Nine and a half is where I'm at, and you know it may be a little high, but whatever. Chris, what do you think about Nobody's Home? Yeah, it's it's a great song. Uh, it I'll tell you, it's definitely got that classic '70s country sound. Uh, you know, the whole uh, woman leaving you kind of thing. And that <laughs> that's something that, I don't know that's if Clint went through a bad breakup right before he wrote this album or what, but man, there's a lot of songs like that on here. Uh, great story to it. I mean, really, lyrically, it's very solid. His voice is great. He's got like a mournful sound to it, to his voice almost sometimes. Uh, really easy to sing to the chorus. I mean, I'm sitting here singing it like, you know, I'm, I'm about <laughs> belted it out right, right while it was playing in our earphones. I gave it a nine. I think it's an excellent song. Very good. Anthony, what do you think? And, man, it was, it, you know, it was close to being a 10. It really Dude, was. Well, but I, I, didn't, I was didn't the quite same way, man. I didn't know. Yeah. I, that's just how I roll. All right, Anthony, nobody's home. What do you think? I mean, I dropped a nine on it too, man. Okay. This is a, it's an excellent country song. It has that country song vibe that I love. Filled with all those country tropes that we all love, you know, broken hearts, pickup trucks, and steel guitars. I mean, yep. it's pure country, man. <laughs> Uh, love the line, cup of coffee in the morning is just food for the brain. That just, just paints such a great picture, man. Just It's so true, too. You need that cup of coffee, everyone. In fact, I just had mine. So, um, I have mine now. Exactly. Uh, 
And Wikipedia said Nobody's Home is a song written and recorded by Clint Black, of course. It was released in October of 89 as the third single. This song was his third consecutive number one hit on the Hot Country Singles chart and on the uh, Canadian RPM Country Tracks chart. It was also Black's first single not to have a video with it. So three in a row. I mean, that's that's crazy, man, to think about. Boom, boom, boom. Dang, it's like See, 89. I didn't this was a number one song. This is what's crazy. I had no I know, idea I this was a number one song. This is crazy. I'm, I would I'm say it's a sleeper except song. it was a single. I, you said there were four on here? There There's are. five. There's five singles on this album. There's five there singles. Four went to four consecutive number ones. In the well, who, what's one the other, four, the number one? Because I have no I, clue what that would be. I'm not sure. I have to find it. It's in my notes somewhere. Okay. That's fine. That's fine. But uh, yeah, I, I just mean, thought there were three singles, and I knew this it, one. Was. The first single that did not chart at number one was "Nothing's News." Yeah, I think it's what it was. Oh, he re- so. he released that. Wow. Okay. Yeah, yeah, that was the fifth and final one from this record. Yeah, yeah and uh, we'll get to that one in just a little while. But you guys talking about just remember "Better Man" and "Killing Time." I had every Clint Black t- CD and tape that came out, or every CD that came out from this one until probably around two thousand. And I only really truly remember Killing Time and A Better Man as being the singles. See, I don't remember these other ones as singles. That's me, man. I, I don't <laughs> do remember uh, Nobody's Home being a single. I mean, I remember that. I don't do remember really? it being a single. I can't remember yeah. that. Well, I didn't have the album, and I knew this song. So, like, Well, I knew the song as well. As soon as it started playing, I was like, wow. It brings back memories. Jeez. Mm-hmm. All right. We'll move it up. Track number four. It's called Walking Away. Chris? Walking away. See, this is where, when you come off of back to back, better man, and nobody's home, and you go to this. I mean, it is a poor choice and placement for the record, in my opinion, for this song. I mean, the song is still very good. It's just that it's it's a, like a letdown, if you will, when you come off of nobody's home. At least in my ears, I still think it's a solid track. I love this. I love the steel guitar. I, I mean, I I love the playing of it. But I'm at the point where it's just simply a very good song. I'm at a seven on this one, and that's you know that's just how I hear this one. Chris, what did you think about walking away? Yeah, I like very good. It's a disappointment, Jimmy. Well, you know it's it's a lower <laughs> score, you know, and I hate to say yeah, that, but it's still no, no, it's still a good I song. I just it doesn't hit me like the other. I expected like a six the way you're talking there. <laughs> 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 All right, so yeah, for me, uh, you know, I'll tell you something strange about this song. Uh, it kind of caught me early on when I was listening to it that. It's almost like a waltz quality to it. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah, I heard that too. And, and, and something that actually is kind of weird that you said the Coral Reefer thing, because this song reminds me of Nautical Wheelers. Oh, it I really does. When I started oh, listening yeah, to it, and I was I like, man, that kind of has the same tempo. And I was like, is this in three-quarter time? Is it? Now <laughs> there's, a, there's an episode I got to do, Nautical Wheelers and Walking Away. So thanks, guys. There you go. There you go. You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Give me your... Three point zero three cents of royalties to the <laughs> no royalties at no. all. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, and, and I like the kind of the understated fiddle that goes along with this song. It's solid tune. I'm right there with you, Jimmy. I gave it a seven, but I don't feel like it's disappointing. I think it's a very good song, so that's where I put it. Yeah, well, yeah. I don't mean it's disappointing. Yeah. It's just it's it's a step down from the previous two. You know, it I mean? is that. That's true. Anthony, how how did walking away hit you? 
Yeah, you know, maybe it is something to do with the step down. I don't know, man. I think it's a fabulous song, but I gave it an eight, which is a great. Um, it's another soft country ballad that I truly enjoy. It's the way I like my country music to sound. It's a great song. Clint, once again, sounds fantastic. The band is on point. This is another solid song in a long line of solid songs. Zero complaints. And this is going to surprise you guys, but Walking Away uh, was co-written with Hayden Nichols, Black Black's electric guitarist Dick Gay is and his drummer. It was released in February 1990 as the fourth single from the album. I know, messing my words <laughs> up this morning. Time change, man. Uh, this song what was his fourth. name was again? Let me get back <laughs> over that again. It was co-written with Hayden Nicholas, Black's electric guitarist, and Dick Gay, his drummer. Yeah. Okay, Dick there we go. Can you imagine growing up as a kid with that name? I mean, my God. We knew someone with that last name in school. <laughs> yeah, we did. Well, I know we did. And they actually, called him Richard. It could have been. So like, it, it and that's been, what this kid should have been called, man. Come on. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, this song, before we get dinged for being insensitive on this podcast, uh, this song is actually his fourth consecutive number one. Can y'all believe that? This was his fourth number one in a row. Really? So. That's insane, isn't it? And it's funny, we all kind of are sitting there going like seven, seven, eight, and we should be going nine, nine, ten. And I, I do feel that sort of what you're talking about. You know, it's an amazing song, but it does sort of feel like it doesn't go to the other number ones that are on here. So just because uh, they were singles, I'm not sure that makes that's sense. that's like, what I was getting ready to say. Anthony, he probably you shouldn't remember, release two of these singles if I'm being honest. Back in the day, radio controlled all this stuff, and they wanted to push an agenda when it came to the, some of these songs. And some of these songs right. they released were just absolute rubbish. And sounded, you know, mediocre at some points for some for some artists. I'm not saying it's bad by no means, but this is definitely not a strong single yeah. for this record. As a as a sidebar, I heard a band yesterday called Confederate Railroad. Do you remember those guys? Oh yeah, oh yeah. I think talk about an dead. unfortunate name to have these days. <laughs> I mean, well, you know what I mean. You really could not tour on that name anymore, man. You really I bet they could. do. I think they still do. They do just they? I don't know. Anything. They don't leave uh, a certain area of the country, probably. I just, I saw that yesterday. I was like, man, what? It was a great song. Daddy was not the Cadillac kind. Great song. Yeah, yeah. Great song. But I was like, oh, man, guys, what a. They sang a trashy women's song, didn't they? If I remember. Ah, uh, they did have I the like trashy women, women a little bit song. on the trashy side. I like, <laughs> yes, that was Confederate Railroad. Yes. You got to think yeah. about it, Anthony. When that was back, what, 25, 30 years ago, when exactly. there was no insensitive people out there and they could care less, they, you know, they, they put right. an image of country music. That's all it was. Yeah, but I, there saying, was, was no doubt they were not racist at all. There's no, no doubt no, about no, it. No, no, no. They were just going for the southern. It had that's a southern exactly sound. That's what they were doing. Southern rock, was. southern country. That's all it was. But I just I was thinking about that yesterday. Like, man, that's you know one. It's just funny how in one decade it works, and then one decade it doesn't. You know, it's it so worked strange. for three decades. Yeah. So, <laughs> just a little sidebar yeah. I was thinking of there for. A that's second, crazy, so. isn't it? Well, Lady Annabellum's uh, Lady Annabellum is another one. They changed their name because of some kind of uh, Confederacy leanings of the song, the word Annabellum. Did you guys know? Did that? you not guys? So okay, since you brought that up, <laughs> that to me is the funniest story because basically they were like, okay, we got to shorten our name to Lady A, right? Right. Well, there's there's like a, a African American female jazz singer that goes by that name that I think had it trademarked. Wow. <laughs> so they like tried to steal that from a black woman <laughs> in an effort to like be less racist. They like going and try to steal something from. I mean, it's just how ironic is. I, that, I just didn't you know? know they were racist based on that name. That's crazy. They're not. It's it's, yeah, it's just anything associated path. with the South these days as a. <laughs> Very negative connotation for some reason. Yeah, you're right. It's crazy. <laughs> that always cracked me up because, like, <laughs> could you look worse in the process, you know? That's, <laughs> right. That's exactly. Very true. Oh, my God. All right, boys, let's roll this thing up to track number five. It's called You're Going to Leave Me Again. Chris, go ahead. Hurting song. They're all hurting songs, brother. <laughs> Run movie. I see that scene again, and that feeling shoots right through me. Cause this time I know the end, and I've seen it played so many times. 
another song that is depressing but i'm telling you something the opening riff is absolutely stolen from killing time just so you guys know it's well, stolen no, from it's, killing it's time. not killing time it's uh oh is better it better man, man? better man sorry yeah. but yeah, that's in my notes so thank but you but it's only at the intro <laughs> it's only at the intro this song is pure conway twitty worship just so you guys know this is and i don't know if he was heavily influenced by twitty because there's some songs that have was. a lot of conway twitty to it if you will I think this is somewhere between very good and great as well. I like this song a lot. I gave it a seven and a half. Chris, what did you think about You're Going to Leave Me Again? I'll tell you, I, th- I think it's my sleeper of the week. Oh, it no really kidding. grew yeah. on me over the week. And initially, the first time I listened to it, I was like, this is a flush. This is easy. Uh, <laughs> but but man, at, over time, it really grew on me. And I think the things I, I really liked about this song, kind of it's like instrumentally. I, I love the way the steel guitar and the acoustic mix yeah. There's times, man, you feel like you're sitting at some cantina south of the border or something, man. I mean, it's just like the way that all kind of blurs together. I don't know, man. It, it, it was perfect the way he did it. And then Clint's vocals coming over top of that sound. I was like, well, this song really is, is better than I first thought when I started listening to it. I gave it an eight eventually. But, uh, yeah, there was a time when I was like, man, this is probably the worst song on the album. But it's not. It, it, it grew on me over, over the week. That's awesome. And it is slowing down version of better man so <laughs> no question about that <laughs> all right anthony what do you think about you're going to leave me again you know personally i think this might have been a stronger single than the one before it if you have honest opinion that's yeah, the way i that. kind of think but um you know i like this way the way this one comes in that guitar and that mournful fiddle uh clint's voice you know really sells the heartache and desperation perfectly uh, it really gives you the he gives the song the punch it kind of needs uh, you feel like you're the one on the losing end when you listen to it. It's that good. I love the instrumental part, too. It sounds like a that acoustic guitar. There might be a mandolin in there, too, it sounded like. It, it could mm. have been a little bit. Uh, you got a little fiddle in there, too. Just so complicated for a country song, and I really love that. Uh, I also like the fact he says picture show instead of a movie. That kind of gives it like an old, old-time old ring to it. You know, I kind of always like that image it puts in my head, but... Yeah, man, that's an eight point five, and I'm almost not a nine with this one. This was a is a wow. really very good song, man. So <clears throat> no, I agree. I, I may have gone low on that one to be honest with you, because I, I think mean, I went a little low too, especially it, after it is, hearing it is a very you know on you know what it's an eight. I'm going to go eight. I'm going to bump mine up. Eight. <laughs> it is a great I'm going song. To a nine. <laughs> I hate to say it. <laughs> Screw it. I'm going to a ten. <laughs> I hate to do that. I really do hate to do that, but I am going to bump mine up today because you know what it it really is a very good song, and it's I just like. Good stuff going it's on. Very it's very complex musically. It is. I mean, like yeah. instrumentally, and it's perfect the way they do it. It's, but Chris, as soon as you things. started talking, I was there. And then Anthony summed me up. I was like, God, I was way low on that one, and I apologize. Wow. It happens, man. Or, and like I say, if, if it's something you didn't give a lot of listens to early, I can see. Like I said, for early on, I was like, this is probably the worst song on the album. It's, it's a copy of Better Man, but just slowing down. But, but that's not really the case. I mean, it does have that chord progression in it. but Right, right. You know. It's a kind of song that when people say country is just a, a one note, you kind of play a song like this for them and say it's not always one note. You know, it's like heavy metal. Heavy metal is not always just one style. I mean, there's complex. complexities yeah. into some metal, like Iron Definitely. Maiden and stuff that just are oh, just yeah. ridiculous, man. <laughs> so, All right. Well, boys, let's roll this up to the track number six. It's called I'll Be Gone.
So this is absolutely where Clint Black picks back up some speed and gives you more of like a, uh, a faster pace, obviously, with this song. And I'm reading here that this song was omitted from the cassette version because I remember listening to this and I'm thinking, I don't remember hearing this when I was a kid. And I had it on cassette, didn't have it on CD back in those days. See, I remember um, this one, so I don't know. Maybe it was just well, because I had CD. It went right, right. Now I think I ended up getting CD later on, and you know, you know, probably in the early nineties, because I didn't, I didn't, I, I remember getting a CD player probably about eighty nine or ninety, but it was not. This is not one of the albums I'd gotten. Um, but good lord, y'all, that song is great. It puts the paints the picture in my mind. I'm a truck driver. I'm getting in the road, and I'm heading out. And that's <laughs> the first thing I thought of when I hear this song. I think it's absolutely fantastic, and it it works. It's a great, great tune. I think it's a, I think it's a solid eight, and that's where I'm standing on this one. Chris, I mean, this might be my sleeper, to be honest with y'all. But uh, Chris, what do you what do you think about? I'll be gone. Yeah, you man, you again. I didn't quite say what you said, but in my notes here, I was like, it's a toe tapper for sure with a catchy chorus. Feels like it it would uh, fit well in the Smokey and the Bandit soundtrack. Oh my God, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Got a little Jerry uh, Reed going there. Yeah, there's a lot uh, going on with the guitars and the fiddle in the background. Even some, a little harmonica, if I'm not mistaken. There, maybe that was Clint himself doing that. My favorite yeah. instrument. I know, Jimmy. See, I, this is why you. This is why it's your sleeper. You don't realize. You know, it. I didn't subliminal. even realize it. it's subliminally in my mind. <laughs> if it's got a harmonica, it must be great. It's solid tune. I really enjoyed. It. I gave it an eight. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Anthony, what did you think about? I'll be gone. Yeah, I'm. Bra- I gave it an eight too. I gave it a, a great. Um, I said, bringing it up a notch, and if there is such a thing as a Clint Black rock song, this might just be it. Um, I like the upbeat nature of it, solid guitar solo. Love the harmonica jam, too. There's a great harmonica in the song. And, you know, Clint proves what a great vocalist he is. He can handle a song like this as well as he can the ballads, you know, and his voice is perfect on this one as well as the other one. So the dude can flat out sing. So uh, no complaints at all, zero. So... Yeah, an eight. I think it's a great song. Very cool. Very cool. All right, let's move us up to track number seven. It's called Nothing's News. I spent my lifetime wishing the wages come around. Telling jokes, shooting pool on the other side of town. When the whistle blows at five o'clock, there's only one place I'll be found. Down at Ernie's Ice House, lifting long necks to that good old country sound. And talking about the good old times, bragging on. All right, so I may have listened to this song after I'll Be Gone. <clears throat> it just doesn't fit. I'll Be Gone, toe-tapping, rocking, and then you go to this, and it absolutely goes back to one of the slowest-paced songs on the record. To believe this was a single, I, I, it's hard It's hard for me to fathom that because this song wasn't worthy of a single. I think the song prior was. I, You know, the steel guitar is okay. It just didn't. It never really got with me as far as being outstanding great excellent anything like that 
I think it's good, Anthony. I just don't think it's great. I don't think it's very good. I think it's good. It's it's passable as listenable. Really? It's one I honestly could skip. I'm at a six and a half, and I know it's this is my lowest score of the night. Um, and wow. it's only because it just maybe it's placement on the record. I don't know what it is. It just never it, it never really grabbed me. And I just honestly, it's good. It's just it's not as good as his other other songs on this record. So that's where I'm at a six and a half. Chris, what do you think about this song? Chris's flush of the week. So unfair, Sorry. man. Sorry, See, I'll, I'll go with Jimmy's six and a half, but the juvenile flush on that one, I'm not dealing with that, man. I'm not dealing with that crap at all. That's ridiculous. Sorry, this song is too good for a flush. Uh, it's not too good for a flush. It's uh, okay. Like, oh my gosh, I actually gave it the exact same score Jimmy did. It, it's okay. a six and a half for me too. Wow. I'll, I'll say this. It's and here's my notes. It's another mournful tune. Uh, heavy with steel guitar, which I do like steel guitar. I will say that it's a you know it's a storyteller's tune about uh, drinking your blues away. I guess it's just I'm starting to get a little depression fatigue on this album. I don't know about <laughs> well, it. I'm, I'm serious. It is country music, man. Well, not all country had to is be just that way, all though. depression all the time, dude. Classic I mean, country, this man. Is. Classic country before this '90s and modern country took over. Well, I that know that's was, true. That was their wheelhouse, man. The steel guitar. I'm not sure every song. Not every man. song. I mean, I mean, look at some of the biggest country songs of all time. I mean, George Jones is he stopped loving her today. Oh, yeah. One sure, of the greatest country saying, songs of all time. Yeah, but, but that whole album was straight that depression, way. man. No, no, Alabama. Think about it. They had rock and tunes that were absolutely successful songs for mm. country music. They had the fiddle. They had the steel guitar. You know, they did. But, but, but there was. We can but, we can argue this in just a couple. But minutes. country <laughs> country notoriously is known for those big depressing songs as well. You know, they have their upbeat songs too. I love a rainy night by Eddie. Rabbit. Was it Eddie Rabbit did that one? Yeah, I love a rainy yeah, night. You know. Yeah. They have songs like that too, but if you're getting depressed in a country song, they're doing something right. <laughs> they're doing their job. <laughs> they're doing their they job, man. Then. That's what, that's what yeah. people go to country for. They they drink their blues away in country music. They don't drink their blues away in heavy metal, man. They drink the blues away in country. Well, one more note that I've got on this, Fact. like even though it was, uh, and this is part of the reason for the flush, even though, okay, there's a there's there's plenty of depressing songs on this album but but this one didn't like instrumentally seem as complex as some of the other ones that like uh what was that uh you're gonna leave me again for instance i mean that like like i said i thought that was gonna be the flush but then i started hearing all those layers that they, they put in there i was like wow this can't flush this is a really good song this one really didn't have that it was just straight depression basically so yeah six and a half for me Sorry, man. suicide watch is now <laughs> off all right <laughs> anthony what did you think about I- nothing's news I mean, this one's a nine for me, guys. It's Surprise excellent. is a single, to be honest. It really is. It's just an excellent song in my mind. I've always loved this one, though. Uh, it's another favorite. It's a slam dunk country song. It just paints such a great picture of smoky bars, stiff drinks, uh, people worn out from working a job they hate, uh, which we've all done. I know we've all done those kind of jobs. I love that powerful steel guitar as well. It really sets the tone. Clint's voice, once again, nails that desperation that uh, makes you just put you right in that scene perfectly. It's an excellent tune, man. Uh, Wikipedia said that uh, Nothing's News is a song written and recorded by Clint Black. It was released in June of 1990 as the fifth and final single. It was his first single, not the chart at number one. So there might be something to it with what you guys are saying, hmm. but it was his first one. But I still think this song should have been number one over the other one that went number one personally, but um, yeah, I don't know. I always just, I, I, that. I was probably a little harsh on this, honestly, like listening to it back. I was like, it's, it's not a bad song, it's not, but there I just, is, I've always, I was getting a little depression fatigue at that point. I'm not going to lie. I was. <laughs> it's country, man. It is. Yeah. It is. No, but 6.5 is not a bad score. Keep it's that in mind, kids, for those listening at home. Like I said, Jimmy, I don't mind your 6.5. What I don't like is the juvenile flush on this side. So that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm sorry. You keep whining. You're going to get that, man. <laughs> oh, my God. Let's, let's we got to get us forward. a soundboard so I can handle Chris over here. Oh my you God. need to get one. Yeah, it's fun, man. That's hilarious. Oh, my Lord. All right. Track number eight. It's called Winding Down. Hit it, Chris. Yes, I've seen some good It isn't always the best ones come to stay 
Talking about a uh, song that really hit home for me, there was a time in my life where I was doing this closing down bars during the week. <laughs> yeah. As crazy as that may sound, I mean, I, I I lived that part of the song for a little bit of little bit of my life way back in the uh, mid the mid nineties or so. Um, but yeah, man, that's the, his vocals incredible musically. The song fits. Uh, it's I, I think it's a step up from the previous track for sure. I think it's somewhere between very good and great, and I'm at a seven and a half on this one. Chris, where do you stand on winding down? Yeah, I think the song's got a really good flow to it. It seems like uh, there's, I will say there's a, a little bit of a dip in this album kind of at this point between Nothing's New and Winding Down. That's kind of if, if I had to find a place where the album kind of dips a little bit, that's where it is for me. I don't think it's a bad song. It's just kind of middle of the road for me. Uh, didn't really stand out too much. Uh, I do think Clint sounds vocally very good, and the chorus is pretty catchy, so I gave it that. I think I gave it a seven overall. All right, fair enough. Anthony, what did you think about Winding Down? Uh, I dropped eight on it. I think it's a great song. It's a, it's a foot tapper that once again you know paints a picture of smoky bars, stiff drinks, and people trying to wash off a long, busy week. But I get the impression this is more of the white-collar crowd than the, the blue-collar crowd because, you know, notes on napkins and business cards, that's more of a – of a white collar thing, I would think, than a blue collar thing. So I would say that's plus true. plus Good six point. to ten, you know, most white collar workers can pigeonhole a six to ten time in. Where blue collar workers, they could be, God knows what time they could be up working. So it be like six a.m. to ten p.m. Man, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Work you in the ground. I mean, I've had, I worked a job one time. I went twenty four hours one time, like. When, trying to do some inventory or something and ah, dude i did an 18 hour shift once at dana corporation it was awful yeah i mean i came home at like five in the morning the next day and i don't remember driving from one part of the road to the next i was so tired that should be illegal yeah. for companies to do that to people man that should be illegal <laughs> so probably is but, illegal now i don't know yeah so but, yeah i've been Amazing. through it man i've worked the i think jimmy and i've worked more of those kind of jobs than chris has we worked the i worked I some had, factory did, jobs some yeah, the warehouses stuff. yeah yeah, I've never yeah. done the factory stuff. Yeah. From factories, some warehouse work. You know, I've done about everything before I stayed home with the kids. So, All right, fair enough. All right, here we go, kids. Let's crank us up a bit. Track number nine, "Killing Time." Oh yeah. <laughs> Boys, I don't even know what can be said about this song. <laughs> Honestly, there is 
zero faults in this tune. This is pure country, and I do mean pure country. Um, from the opening riff to the opening lyric, his music throughout this song, I mean, it's just pure, pure country. This is the song I would dare say that turned the nation or turned country nation into Clint Black fans, I would imagine. I mean, this is powerful stuff, incredible mus- musicians in this song. I want to know who the backup vocalist on this. I couldn't find anything about the female vocals. I, I was know. thinking Patty Loveless or somebody like that may have got asked to sing on this. have no clue who it was. I love the female backing vocals on this song. It's a 10. We all knew it was coming. Chris, what do you think? Killing Time. Yeah, I dare say it's his most, not only the most popular song on the album, but maybe his most popular song of all time. Uh, I know, like, Anthony does the concert play stuff, and it's not accurate tonight, but but I will say it's the most string uh, song he has on Spotify. It's got around uh, 44 million listens, which, you know, it's pretty decent for a guy like this. <laughs> it's not bad for a country guy. Yeah, and that's just on Spotify. It's not all the other cert round platforms. Right. Uh, yeah, this thing's got an extremely catchy chorus. Just a well-written song. I mean, there's not a whole lot to say. This is obviously a ten. I mean, it's it's like I said, probably his biggest song. So yeah, Anthony, walk us yeah. home on this one, buddy. Killing time, brother. It's a five. No. <laughs> <laughs> and that's where I'm standing. Uh, no, nah, man. It's what a, you guys have said it all. It's iconic. You know, I love how it comes in, and then we're you know I said it's true. We're treated to a tried and true country tune right after the song starts you know and it's a country tune that i think will last the decades man it's it's always going to be around it's an excellent iconic song from the opening riff to last and number one all time and i know it ain't been played just 62 times I, that probably was 62 times on one tour yeah i bet it yeah i bet exactly. it was like a one yeah, tour I, mean, I don't get yeah. that either weird yeah yeah so but it is number one like i said number one number two i will not argue killing time and Better Man, our number one and two in his, his concert plays. But um, Killing Time is a song written by Hayden Nicholas and American country music artist Clint Black. It was released in July 1989 as the second single and title track from his debut album. The song was his second number one hit on the U.S. Billboard Hot Country Singles Chart. When Billboard published its year-end Hot Country Singles Chart for 89, Killing Time was number two. One spot behind Black's a better man. So in 1989, man, he was killing it. <laughs> so Amazing. literally killing. No, he wasn't killing time in '89. He was, uh, he was doing. He's more making than money. That, but he's making money, man. So he had a big year in 1989. So yeah, so easy All ten, right. man. Easy Good deal. Ten. Let's wrap this album up with track number ten. It's called "Live and Learn," Chris. <laughs> Relied on women and whiskey to chase my blues, turn my nights to day. First rage, only a pastime. With age, more than a lifetime. Day in, day out, the world just turns away. But everybody knows you live. All right, so to me, Live and Learn, I'm not even sure if it's supposed to be a song or just kind of how he wanted to close this record out. Um, I mean, it's it's a decent closer, I think. It's definitely not, uh, I don't know if it's a song that you would, I, don't, I can't classify as a real song, but I kind of like how he closed out the record. It's it's like a, it's just a different, it's different from everything else on this record, and I think we can all agree on that. Um I think it's I think it's a pretty good way to end the record. It's just not a solid song, but I'm not going to take away points because I don't think it's solid. I think what he did was kind of like in the Van Halen way, do something different 
and close it out. I'm at a seven and a half on this. I think it's somewhere between very good and great, although it's not the sound of Clint Black, at least in my ears. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But, Chris, what do you think about Live and Learn? I know what you mean. Uh, that's, that's a good observation about the Van Halen thing. Uh, yeah, my notes here, this song feels different than the rest of the album. Doesn't even really feel country, if, right, if that's possible. Right. And it, like, I don't know how Clint Black can't sound country because that dude's as country as it gets. Um, yeah, I think it's a decent closer. Uh, I gave it a seven. Uh, okay, I don't. That might be being generous. Generous, on one, but right, I, but right. I, the one thing I thought is like, I think I would have picked "I'll Be Gone" as a closer. Put that together. Yeah. That'd been a perfect way to close this album and just kind of buried this somewhere in the middle if you wanted that's to put point. it on the album. But yeah, you know, it's still not bad. It's, I give it a seven. Yeah, cool. Anthony, what do you think about "Live and Learn"? Uh, I gave it an eight. It's a it's a great man. I, you know, no complaints. It's a solid closer, and I wrote it's uh, it's upbeat, gets the foot tapping. But I also kind of went back with what Jimmy said. It was kind of a strange tune. It's sort of a country ballad, sort of an upbeat country song. It's sort of. Like a it's weird, weird yeah. Frankenstein yeah. version of those two songs. That perfect wording, <laughs> Frankenstein. You're exactly right. So, you know, but had our awesome harmonica solos in oh, it. So, I mean, yeah, harmonica right up there. You know, like I said, he played harmonica for the Reefers. So the, the dude can play and sing. So we, we know that. So, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's kind of a strange tune. I can't really pinpoint exactly what kind of, I can't really say this is a country ballad. This is a country rocker. This is, you know. So, yeah, but great way to close it, though. I agree. I agree. All right, guys. Well, let's uh, let's wrap up this final summation, our final assessments, if you will, this record, Clint Black, Killing Time. I'm going to start by saying that, um, with the exception of Randy Travis, this is the absolute beginning of what 90s country would become. This man and Gord Strait, Garth Brooks, all those guys started releasing stuff, 87, 88, 89, 90, 91, and really took the country world by storm. And there's a reason why, because it's a fantastic record. Clint's vocals are absolutely excellent. He, his music harkens back to a 70s sound. Um, I, I do dig some of the Conway Twitty sound and stuff to me, at least. You know, I'm, I'm a latecomer to Conway Twitty. I didn't start appreciating him until the <laughs> 90s. Fit and jeans. You know what I mean? Uh, my dad <laughs> was got blue jeans on. My, yeah, exactly. Was my dad was a huge fan of Conway Twitty. I just never could right. dig it, you know. But then as I got older, I'm like, hey, this is, he's got some dark, dark lyrics, you know what I mean? But, uh, man, he, this, sound, this, this record is sounding very, very smooth. I'm not sure where they recorded this at, but it, I think it sounded great. Um, overall, my score came out to be 8.15 and without sounding pompous, I don't really want to move it up or down. I'm, I'm going to leave this as an 8.1 because I think it's somewhere between great and, and in between great and excellent. Um, but this is an absolute fun listen. Um, it's a little slow, a little depressing, but this is like Anthony said earlier, this is what country music truly is all about. And, and Clint keeps that spirit within his songs. Um, he does have a couple of hidden tracks on here that are, or I should say forgettable tracks that I'll be gone. Honestly, is one of the best songs on this record. And it was, I think is something just completely overlooked, but, uh, 8.1 overall. I'm solid with that. Chris, where do you stand with, uh, killing times final thoughts? Yeah. Yeah. I want to say, Anthony, this was a, a good choice, man. We, yeah. Like we, I thoroughly enjoyed some, some weeks. I'm like, hey, okay, when I'm driving to work, it's hard for me to get through it. Never had a problem throwing this on and enjoying it all the way through. And it pretty much from the beginning of my commute to the end, it was pretty much winding down as soon as I pulled in the park parking lot of work there. So that's, that's a nice thing too. So I don't have to like extend that into the rest of the day there. Yeah. There were some huge songs on this album. I mean, better man killing Tom. And I'd, I'd even argue Nobody's Home maybe should have been a 10. I didn't give it one, but it, it's right up Same. there. Same. Three fantastic. And the rest are, are solid tunes on this album. Some really good. Uh, I think Clint's voice is just kind of made for this style. Some of these guys, you get the sense they're kind of faking the, their country roots or whatever. You know that's not the case with this dude. He's, he's legit. I mean, I don't know where he's from, but I just can see this dude out working on a ranch somewhere, wire up like a steel barbed wire in his hand and like postal yeah. diggers. You know, just I'm like, not sure he was that kind of country artist. You don't think so? Well, I, he, no, I don't I know. Maybe I'm mixing that with like someone a George caught a or picture, but, uh, s- Someone caught a picture of him years ago driving a Ferrari in Italy. So <laughs> Okay. Well, well he did or, have kind of a fairly famous wife. He has right? class. 
Okay, yes. well, okay, well, okay. Scrap that. But I do think he's from the guy's Jersey. Legit. He's from. He's New not Jersey. faking that accent. I can tell you that much. He's from New Jersey. Uh, he's faking the accent. <laughs> he's got a a prominent throwback uh, vibe in a lot of this stuff. I mean, it's like a lot of it feels like it comes right out of the seventies, and you know, a lot of it centers on depression, woman leaving kind of stuff. But you know, that's like you guys have said, that's nineties country, eighties, nineties country. That's what it was. Seventies, sixties. <laughs> yeah, all of it really <laughs> up until recently, all this pop stuff. Uh, you know, he masterfully layers the steel guitar and a fiddle and even the harmonica in places. Uh, instrumentally, he pays a lot of attention to that. He doesn't just throw stuff out there. I appreciate that. Uh, and I, you know, overall, I, I gave it an eight point zero. But then I kind of bumped a couple things uh, to tonight when or, or this morning when I was doing this. So I'm gonna give it an eight point two overall. Uh, and I do have a question for you guys, because I, I think personally, whenever I think of Clint Black, I remember when he was, you know, right around this time frame, I felt like he was on his way to be like a Garth Brooks type guy. And somewhere along the way, that didn't happen. I mean, he's Garth's selling, selling out college football stadiums and Clint's playing like, I mean, a little like Paramount. Paramount down here. I mean, yeah, I don't know why that is. I'm not sure why he didn't kind of have the popularity. It's almost like a Tesla syndrome or something, but I, I don't think that's quite the case because he's very similar to the stuff that was going on back then. And I kind of remember at the time thinking this guy was one of the cornerstone artists he's at the time. So is. I don't know why he's not quite a little higher regarded than he is, but uh, I'm curious Anthony's take on that. Well, both I, of y'all guys. Actually. I, I think Garth just kind of got a jump on him a little bit. Um, he got a little bit of a quicker start, I think, with some of his stuff. And then Garth had uh, Friends in Low Places that just absolutely blew up. That song got huge. And, you know, yeah. Garth, plus he had the stage show, which he stole from Chris Ledoux. Chris Ledoux kind of started all that crazy stuff before Garth Brooks came along and did it. So Garth Brooks had that stage show to go along with that that iconic nature of his music. So I think that naturally just elevated him to a point where he was beyond – uh, you know, beyond just normal, typical country, almost like a rock concert when you go see yeah. Garth. Yeah, he Brooks. does put on hell of a show. That's true. Well, yeah. I will say this, Anthony. To an extent, you're right, but Clint Black's album came out a year before Garth's solo album, well, right? Or first I, album. Must so, have been Friends in Low Places. It just well, was that one song that. Just, well, Friends in Low Places came out when we were seniors. It was not. It was in nineteen. I was still working at Food City at the time. When well, dude, I mean, you guys remember Garth came to Abingdon. He played yeah, at the freaking fair. I, I mean, he played saw Friend of Low show. Places three times that night. I almost three saw times. that show, man. Almost saw it. It's like <laughs> 1,000, 2,000 2, people there, something this like is, that crazy. It was a ton. But listen, I was at the Tobacco Festival, but I, I, vaguely, I, mean, I remember playing in the background. I didn't even walk over to it. I know. That's insane. I remember that. I'm walking around, just, you know, hanging out. I didn't even, I mean, I could hear it playing as loud as hell, but I just, yeah, I had I no like that. we had friends that were diehards. You know, y'all remember Don Minnick for for those who remember him. He was a huge Garth Brooks fan. I was like, yeah, whatever, you go do your thing. Yeah, <laughs> and I, I, you know what? And that's just standing right there, like, yeah, hey, it's not worth walking over there. <laughs> and you know what? That that lesson to me was, as far as seeing lesser known bands, sometimes it's worth it just to kind of give it a oh, shot. Yeah. Yeah. And I've done that to countless acts has come through johnson city now just because if it's remotely hard rock never heard of them or they have some kind of decent following i'll go watch it just to see it and then i'm like holy crap i saw those guys when they were nobody you know i I heard garth brooks when he was basically nobody well (laughs) i I remember seeing him on the stage but i just i could care less i I fell in with garth on friends in low places and then i realized after that when i got his second album i was like oh he's got a first album yeah i went and got that one but then I realized, hey, I'm into this guy now. And he just came down to Abingdon, you know, not <laughs> six months ago. And I just missed seeing this guy. And he's Isn't huge it crazy? now. Yeah. yeah so never crazy. again. Never again. But I think just, but, I mean, you got like Chris Stapleton was playing over here, Rhythm Roots for years, man, with his right. band. And yeah, we yeah, missed I mean, that, just, I missed that like, on that. Right. Some of these guys, yeah. And this guy's huge. I'm like, God dang. All right, nonetheless. Well, anyway, Chris, I, I don't really have a good answer for why. Because Clint Black, I think, should be a staple, especially mm-hmm. 90s music. Now, don't get me wrong. There are some stars that came out. Like, we, we can talk about Alan Jackson. He would became massive shortly yeah. after this. Um, obviously, George Strait was huge. 
McGraw, that's another great one. And he came a little bit later too. Was it about ninety one for McGraw? Yeah, he was right? a bit later. And then you got bit. Chesney hit us about what ninety four, ninety five. Yeah. So yeah, the, the the torch was carrying through. You know, it started right. in this time frame. So nonetheless, wow. Just, and I was joking. He was born in New Jersey, but he was raised in Texas. That's why he's got the accent he's got. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Anthony, I didn't mean to like throw us off uh, target. That's, I guess you still got your final review here to give. So. All right, it's Anthony, okay, talk to man. <laughs> That's an interesting conversation to have. Uh, yeah, I, you know, I wrote this album, Still Stands Out. It's an amazing piece of work by Clint. It deserves all the praise that it has amassed throughout the years. Uh, no complaints. I would recommend it to anyone who wants to dive into that, you know, kind of new country generation sound that emerged in the, in the 80s, into the 90s, into the early 2000s. Uh, actually probably started more with George Strait, I would think, than, yeah. than Randy Travis, early 80s. Uh, you know, it's a solid thumbs up. I gave it an 8.65 stat rise, but I'm bumping it to a 9 because it's an excellent album from start to finish. It might even be iconic, man, because it, it really was one of those benchmark albums that came out in the early 90s. It really helped, you know, move the... I kind of see the pop metal, the hair metal moving to the countryside around this time. That's sort of the way it became when the pop stuff was a little more popular then. So, um, yeah. But anyways, yeah, I, I give it a nine. It's an excellent album, start to finish. Hey, f- fair enough, fair enough. All right, guys, I guess it's time for a pick, and y'all better put your shoes on. This is going to be hilarious. And in this corner, weighing in at approximately 200 pounds, plus 20, is the master of metal, the guru of guitar, and a lover of all things harmonica. He's our fearless leader. It's Jimmy with his pick of the week. Week, week, Should I let this continue? Oh my God. <laughs> I'm hell- it's hilarious. All right, so first of all, Anthony, thank you for picking this, and I'm glad we've gone to a country month. I'll, I'll be honest with you. For the past week, um, I have, you know, previous week obviously halloween for us we were going listen to some hard rock and whatever you want to listen to but uh, you really made me go back and reevaluate some of my country <laughs> favorites if you will last the last week um and i probably listened to this clint black album i would say 10 times in the past two weeks so yeah. i mean I, I got a great refresher and it was, it was a great taste i was i had a hard time picking stuff man i was going to go with george Strait. i was going to go with brooks and dunn i was going to pick a garth but we decided kind of against garth due to the lack of availability for his tunes as far as mainstream um you know i had alan jackson in my mind then i thought there is one artist that absolutely has been probably one of my favorite country music artists and you know who it is chris before i even say it i know where you're going He's one of my favorite guys. Can I just say it? Absolutely. Go ahead and say it. Dwight Yoakam. That's exactly where I'm going. Awesome. And it's If There Was a Way. It's an album that shaped me from, I guess it came out in 1990, and it was my senior year in high school as well. And this was, you know, I was going through some country phases. It's one of my favorite, uh, you know, one of my favorite artists of all time. And I'm, it may be tough listen for you guys. So I don't know. I know some of y'all have listened to it, I'm sure. But uh, yeah, and it's a, it's 40 minutes, 48, 47 minutes or something like that. But I'm sorry, Chris, it's got a lot of songs on it, but man, it's a staple in my diet for country music. How many songs so. are we talking? <laughs> I think it's got like 12 or 13. Oh, that's not bad. That's not bad. 26, 26 songs. Oh my God. <laughs> that's what, anyway, it's a box it is set. Dwight Yoakam. It's a box set album. It's great. Just first, it's one of his first records. Killer. <laughs> oh my God. All right. So before we wrap this down, Anthony, what's going on this week? Uh, I'm going to do song, three swimming songs is what I'm calling it. It's three songs with swimming in the title and about swimming. That song, uh, Night Swimming by R.E.M., Chris got me turned on to. So I had to go find two other songs. One that I don't, eh, it's okay. I like it, but I want to throw it in there. Just be a little trifecta. But uh, yeah. So Song Lines of Ten Lines is doing that this week. So, uh, And I was... Telling Jimmy the movie 1917. If you guys have not seen that yet, get you a free trial of Showtime and go watch it tonight. Amazing war movie, man. Mostly done in one. Not tonight, pal. Mostly. Well, Yellowstone is tonight. Tomorrow night. Tomorrow night. But the movie is done mostly in one take, which is just insane to watch. It really immerses you in that story so much. It's crazy how great that movie is. But uh, yeah, 
That's my recommendation Dude, this week. So. It's funny that you just said that, Chris, because you know what? <laughs> we start in Country Music Month this today, if you will, and then we're kicking into Yellowstone's fourth season tonight. <laughs> so it's it's going to be pure country for the next few weeks, right? So this will be great. Oh, my God. Well, boys, this was a great listen. Anthony, once again, I will thank you for even making the suggestion to do this. This is fantastic. It really has taken me back, God, to the you know to the '90s, if you will, and and I've I've enjoyed every everything I've gone back and listened to, and and some of the newer stuff as well. Uh, and your podcast with Kenny Chesney last week made me go back and listen to Chesney. You sorry dog. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, let's wrap this thing up for Audible Ecstasy Podcast. This is Jimmy. This is Chris. This is Anthony. This is it. Thank you for listening to the Audible Ecstasy Podcast. Join us next week when we review the album If There Was a Way by Dwight Yoakam. We'll see you then. <laughs>